Hello and welcome to this podcast. I'm Francis Seeley from GlobalNet21 and this is one of the many podcasts we do where we interview people who make a difference, who have new ideas and are trying to do something to change things for the better. And in this particular podcast, we're going to interview Caroline Barnard-Moxley, who works for Homelink, and she does a tremendous amount of work with the homeless. And we're going to talk to her about that and the work she does and the difference that that makes. Okay, so Caroline, thank you for joining us. And it's great. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great that you're here with us today. Um, Before we talk about all the work you do, and you do a tremendous amount of different things, maybe you could let people know just a little bit about yourself, very briefly, and what your your background is. Okay. Well, I work um, currently for Homeless Link, which is a membership body for homelessness organisations. My background is really health, social care and housing. I've sort of come through different policy and communication roles over the past sort of 15 years or so. Before that, I worked in the private sector for a long time, for Marks and Spencer Supplier. I changed career in my mid-30s and never looked back, really. So now I work for charities and I am happy doing so. My my kind of passion is about making a change and making a difference and um, be it in social care, in health, housing, in homelessness now. Um, that's what I do. So that, that's really me. Well, that, that's great. I mean, we, we did a House of Commons meeting once with Jenny Edwards, who used to be the Chief Executive Officer of Homeless right. Link. And yes. she lives locally. She's now involved with Enfield oh. Voices and a number of other things. So it's great that you're, you're, you work with that as well. But you also yes. do a number of other things, don't you? I think you're on the trustees of the Enfield Carer Centre. I was, and, yes. And the, yeah. and the Full Set Society. That's right. I was a member of the board of Enfield Carers until just this year, and I resigned this year to join the Fawcett Society. I've just joined uh, the board of the Fawcett Society. As you know, charity that's about equality between men and women. Um, So again, really excited to be part of that because I'm very passionate about women's equality issues and gender recognition and uh, all the issues around um, that for women and men. I think it's really important that we look at diversity and equality across the piece. So really pleased to be joining Fawcett right now as they go forward in their, you know, work around women MPs and some of the issues women in public life are facing, the whole issue around, you know, power and gender and an equal pay, of course, as well is a big thing they're doing right now too. There's lots of campaigns they're working on and I'm very pleased to be part of it. So you're, you're, you're a very busy woman, but, you know, in Home Homeless Link, what's your particular responsibility there? Right, so the team that I co-lead um, takes care of um, policies, so that's government influencing work, um, research, so research into homelessness issues, information, and that covers street link, which, which you mentioned earlier, and also um, communications. So we do the website, digital communications, as well as traditional public relations and comms. So we have quite a broad range of disciplines in our team. Okay, well, we'll, we'll talk about street link in a minute, but um, mm. I mean, just homelessness at the moment i mean it's a problem it's growing it's growing it's growing i mean why do you think this has happened what do you think is behind it well um there are a number of issues that cause homelessness and i'm going to talk about a few of those and i think when i say what i'm going to say people might think it's quite simple but when i talk to you you'll see it's quite complicated so 
Um, homelessness is a result of, we believe, quite a number of structural issues, such as um, welfare reform, which has been the last few years where things have changed around universal credit and, and wider welfare reform. That has driven people into poverty, which leads to homelessness. There's also the issue of an unregulated private rental sector. So landlords um, can um, end tenancies whenever they choose to. There's no regulation around that. So people are forced to become homelessness through that. There's also um, people's lives are complex as well. So people may have um, uh, childhood experiences that have led them to have mental health problems, which have caused them to become homeless. So there's often things that lead to homelessness. And I mentioned childhood experiences, but that can lead to mental health, which leads to uh, alcohol or drug addiction, and which leads to homelessness. There's lots of different things that happen in people's lives. And people are very complicated individuals, and that's often where these things take place. So homelessness happens as a result of many different things, and there's lots of structural issues we need to be aware of that cause homelessness. Yeah, and one section you missed out is older people. I mean, that's a growing number, isn't it? People who yeah. pension age and can afford the rent. Yeah, so older people um, over 55, say, are a growing number in terms of people who are on the streets. I mean, there are... Don't forget, homelessness can be street homelessness and also people in temporary accommodation, sofa surfing, we call it, same with friends and family for as long as they can. There's also hidden homelessness as well. But people who are older um, really should get support from um, be it social care or, or, or other ways of, of housing. So sheltered accommodation is one of those as well. But the cohort that Homeless Inc. represents is really the kind of single homeless people who are often younger, maybe from, you know, 18 to, to 50, 55. Um, that's a group that often are falling through the cracks and ending up on the streets or living in insecure housing. Um, the old population really should get supported by sheltered accommodation, but we know that doesn't always happen. But um, we are seeing more um, old people who are street homeless who are living with long-term addiction, for example, long-term mental health issues and growing older on the streets. And we're very keen to think about how we could do more to support those individuals as well. Okay, before we go into that and StreetLink, um, et cetera, um, I suppose I have to ask you this. We've got a new government now uh, with a majority, which means the Prime Minister can do pretty well what he likes. Mm. What would be your message to that government in regard to homelessness? Well, we did a, a coalition um, of different organisations in the lead up to general election. It was us, um, uh, Shelter, Crisis, St Mungo's, DePaul and Centrepoint worked together to put a manifesto um, to the new government. And in there, we talk about a range of things. We talk about the welfare reform, so welfare safety net needs to be in place. We've talked about um, supply of social housing, so there needs to be more social housing built across the whole country, not just in the cities. Um, think about, um, again, about individual complex needs that are there as well. And we've, we've asked about um, the cost of housing. So the cost of rents need to be in line with, with benefits as well. So we've asked for a few things in our manifesto. We, we've written that and, and put that out there in the lead up to the election. We'll be reiterating those messages as we go towards um, the new government and tell them, and you know, to hold them to account for what they've said they're doing in the manifestos. The government um, uh, in place now made a number of um, pledges in the manifesto that they were quite light on addressing structural issues. Lots about home ownership, a bit about housing first, which is another model I've talked about later as well, but not a lot of detail in terms of ending 
homelessness in, in, the, in a wider sense. So we'll be calling them to account and trying to get them to recognise there are some quite deep-seated underlying issues as we addressed before we could end homelessness, um, you know, for good. So, I mean, you don't just help homeless people, you do advocacy as well. So our members do the support for homeless people. So our organisation is Umbrella Body and our members provide the actual direct services to people, which would be advocacy, you know, helping them with their, with, with their complex needs, helping them to find accommodation and keep accommodation. So our members do a whole range of different services and our organisation provides the, the, the evidence for the research. We do training for individual organisations and people. We do um, have events, you know, conferences, and we also have a system called Inform, and Inform is a system you can use to actually manage your client journey and see how they're progressing and help them to, again, you know, end their homelessness through managing their situation through the Inform system and, and, and tracking their, their, their journey. Okay, so you do all these things, but you've now started on something which sounds like a really exciting innovation, and that's StreetLink. Um, maybe you could tell us a bit about what that is. Yeah, Dream has been going since 2012, um, I believe. So it's going for a few years now. And we've, um, what, it, what it basically is, it's a, a system by which you can help an individual you see sleeping rough. So people see sleeping, people sleeping rough and don't know how to help them. Streetlink is an app, it's a phone line and a website. And you can use it to report an individual you see sleeping rough. If you download the app, it's free through Android and um, uh, Apple. And you can actually use it to record the person who sees sleeping rough. It will pinpoint where they are. This then goes to the local outreach service who will then send, you know, not, not immediately, it's that between two or three days, will go to the individual if they're still there and work with them to find a way of supporting them off the street. Now, um, one of the challenges is that because people don't feel safe on the street, they may move from the location they're at. So a person may not be found by services, but if they are in the place they are at when they've been reported by the individual who reports them on street link, they will be found and supported off the streets. Um, I know Enfield has got um, street link in place and they're using it quite a lot. Um, I was out on the street camp recently in the borough and I spoke to one of the um, outreach workers on the count too. So I know that they are using StreetLink, um, you know, quite, quite, you know, quite a lot in the borough. And I have, the, th the figures are confidential, but I saw, I saw what happening in the last quarter. And, um, you know, the engagement with services is quite good. Um, but of course, because of people moving around, the numbers not found are, are higher than they probably um, could be. But I think, again, it's about people feeling safe and, and obviously having to move on to stay safe on the streets. So, it, 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 I mean, Streetland, it's been around for some time, hasn't it? It's just mm. the app that you're talking about that's the fairly new innovation. Yeah, the app was updated last year. So the app's been around for, for a few years, but it was updated last year to improve its um, you know, functionality. So when you now use the app, it will, it will drop a pin in the map so, so that the service can see exactly where that person is. So. We're really keen on to spread the word about Streetlink, and there's a new Streetlink London launched just last week, because Sadiq Khan is launching a graphic sleeping strategy this week as well, and um, he was really keen to have a London-focused Streetlink app. So there is on our website, you can see a link to Streetlink London um, website from the homepage, and also the Streetlink app um, um, has a London focus on it as well. So we are looking at capturing the the data for London as well as for the the whole country. So, so the street 
Lencap is really a way, is it, of getting ordinary people out there who see that there's a problem to know that they can contact someone who can then do something. Exactly. It's a way that you can actually help individual supermarket. If you don't know what to do, you can call StreetLink or, okay, so or use the app to you know, report them to StreetLink. Okay, so take us through the process. I, I go out on the street now. I see someone who is sleeping rough, who is homeless, mm-hmm. um, and I use the app. Mm-hmm. I send a message in. What yeah. happens then? So the so initially you'll, you'll go onto the app. You'll have to do a sign up as a thing called StreetLink Community. So you need to actually register before you actually report the person. So you'll do that first. Then you'll um, be asked a series of questions. You know where the person was seen, whether they're male or female, description, and all much information you can put in there. Put in there so they can find the individual um, more easily. That will then um, go to the local outreach service who will then capture those referrals and then over the next couple of days, go out to those locations and um, look for that individual. Now, sometimes the individual may be known to services. They may know them already. So they'll, they'll know that individual well. They'll be able to go out to them and see how they're doing and see if they can get them in if, if, if possible. Sometimes the person may not wish to engage and that's, that's their choice. But, you know, more often than not, we try to get individuals in to services so they can be supported to end their rough sleeping. So it's a process of kind of referral. So the referral goes in through the StreetLink app or phone line or, or website. The local services will go to the individual. And then from there, it's recorded whether they're, whether they're going to be supported, whether, they're going to, whether they were not found, whether they didn't engage. It's all supported on, it's all on the system recorded. And then we can download the reports and see for each individual area what's happening with the numbers in those areas. So it, it goes to the outreach service. Yeah. Who is the outreach service? Is it the local authority only or is it other organisations like voluntary organisations as well? So, so local authority, but I know that in Enfield we have Thames Reach. So I know Thames Reach do the outreach um, in our borough. So it will go eventually through the local authority to the outreach service. Um, but I know that also some of the local authorities work with, with volunteers as well. But in terms of the phone line for streetlink, we've got volunteers working on that. So we've got volunteers working in the office 24 hours a day, taking calls on the phone as well. But in terms of the actual going out to the individual, that's done through the local outreach service, which in our borough is Thames Reach. I, I, I guess you hope as, as a result of the app, a lot more people will be referred as having a problem. Do you think local authorities are geared up to deal with that? Do they need to develop a strategy around StreetLink? Do they need to work, as you said, with voluntary organisations, make sure that they have enough volunteers, know how to do it? Or yeah. are they still a bit behind on this? I think most councils are doing it very well. I mean, you know, there are some councils where they're not engaging as well as they could do. And what we do, we keep an eye on those and we get we have individual conversations with those. Well, it wouldn't be us, it would be the, the, the MACLG, the Ministry of Community and Local Government, who funds StreetLink. So they often will have that direct contact with local authorities through their, their, their local teams. But certainly in the main, most authorities should have a strategy in place anyway for homelessness across the board. And StreetLink can form part of that. So um, from what we've seen, it is improving. We obviously want to see more engagement with StreetLink. And, you know, local authorities are very good at sharing, especially in the winter, sharing the, the phone number in the app and, and the details of the website so we can get individuals to use it. We encourage the use of the app 
um, a lot more because that's that's quicker than making a phone call and um, you know the, the service could be reached much more quickly through the app so I think that on the whole charities are working well um, with local authorities and local authorities are doing their best to engage um, with individuals through the outreach services. Well I mean apart from this webinar how do people get to know about uh, the, the, the app and how do you publicize it and how do local authorities publicize it because I've never yeah. really seen it. Okay well this is yeah this is something that I've often heard so we have social media we share our social media particularly in the winter time we will engage and, and ensure people are aware of streetlink through the winter period. Local authorities many of them will have things like posters and they'll have you know, small cards they can share and, and put out in their services. So um, we've, we've got posters as well we can share with, with, with individuals as well. So we've got a whole range of different products that we share um, with local authorities. Councils also do their own. Do so they have their own logos on, on the posters that they might make locally? We'll see those and we'll approve the, the design of those and, and support local areas with those too. So mostly social media in terms of the way that we share it, that's what we use to, to, to do that. Um, I'm sure local authorities probably do a similar thing, but if they don't, they should do a lot more of that. Social media is the way to go because that's where you can get the most engagement. Okay, well, I mean, if you share a link with me about the app, I will share it around all the social too. networks yeah. locally because I think that would be a great thing to do. But when you talk about the homeless, I mean, the people you work with in terms mm. of street link, you're not actually talking about the homeless, are you? You're talking about rough sleepers. Um, yeah. In a way, there is a difference. I mean, it's not people who meet begging on the street. It's that's right. Yeah, that's right. Because often people will re report to street link someone they see begging and thinking they're a rough sleeper, rough sleeping, but actually they're they're actually begging. So it's quite an important distinction to make. Um, the definition, as you probably know, is if someone is sitting by their bedding or about to bed down, then they are rough sleeping. If they're just sitting without bedding, they're probably begging. Um, but often it's better to report than not, but we do um, get quite a few through Streetlink who are begging um, rather than rough sleeping. But it's important the public are aware and engaged, and if they report someone begging, it's not ideal, but at least they're, they're doing something to try to help. But it's important to notify the difference between the two types of individual. And, and do you have any data or evidence um, of what happens when a person is found as a result of the app? I mean, what does the local authority, the volunteer, do that can be mm. helpful? And do you have any evidence of that? Yeah, well, if the individual is found in the middle of the night and there is a night shelter available, the service will try to get the person into the night shelter if there's space. Um, if there is not a space, they will ensure they get the phone number if they've got a phone or find a way of getting in touch with them after, afterwards, off that day, to make sure they are supported in some way, be it through getting into a, you know, some, some kind of services that will help them with their situation. And because people are very complicated, there, there could well be a whole number of issues. There could be you know, mental health problems, there could be drug and alcohol addiction, there could be a range of things that have to be supported before the person can, um, you know, be be housed but what's important is they get in some kind of service be it a day shelter say centre or a night shelter to get the support they need to help them to end their sleeping rough sleeping and it often happens over a period of time it's because people are complicated and these things happen over a period of time it takes time to get them in to get them supported and off the streets for good do, I mean, do you, um, you know, you pass the information over to the local authority and you just leave it there or do you collect data about the whole scheme so you have some idea of its success? 
yeah, we collect data on every local authority. So we can see every quarter what the numbers are like, where the, where the highest numbers of referrals have been, where people have been after they've been referred, what the outcome has been for those individuals, whether they've engaged with services, whether they've chosen not to, whether they were begging. So we can capture all of that data. It's confidential. We have to keep it confidential, but we are able to run reports um, at home, this link, which we do. So my team um, has that in this remit to pull those reports off and we use them to report back to our funder which is the ministry on a quarterly basis and they work with us to ensure that we're doing that well so we could i mean that's not available for, for us for example to find out what our local authority or how well our local authority is doing yeah i can i can give you headlines but i'm not allowed to give you the kind of direct figures but i can certainly have enfield i mean enfield in the last quarter um, compared to boroughs in the surrounding area, we did quite well in terms of engaging with services. Our numbers weren't too bad. So I think that what we're doing in, in, this, in our borough here is we're working very closely with individuals and um, working really hard to keep the numbers down. I know that um, we've got issues in our borough with things like encampments and people sleeping in cars. I know that much. So I think that that's um, made it quite challenging in terms of reaching people. But um, I do know the boroughs, in terms of other boroughs around Enfield, we've got fairly consistent numbers in terms of how we're engaging with people and getting them into services. Okay, so when you find someone who's homeless and the volunteers or the local authority workers go out to meet them, what can they offer? Can they offer just food? Can they offer accommodation? Or can they even offer housing? And maybe this is the cue for you to go into housing first. Yeah, well, housing first, I'll go through that first. The housing first is a, a model that we are championing. Housing First England is run by Homeless Link. We're funded by Convert Relief and other, others as well to, to, to deliver that. And housing first is the reverse of the traditional. So traditionally, if, you, if you're a very entrenched person of sleeping with possibly drug, alcohol, mental health issues as well, in the old system, well, the current system, you have to be housing ready before you're housed i.e., you know, um, end your addiction, you know, get yourself well before you can go into housing. Housing first is the reverse. So you get housed first with wraparound support to help you to address your issues. So you're put into a, a, a home with no, um, uh, in, no kind of compulsion to engage with services unless you choose to. And you have your housing first and then you're given that wraparound support in that space with a key worker working with you to deal with your drug alcohol addiction any mental health issues you may have, family connection issues, and, and you're supported in that space, and it's very successful. Um, it's working really well in Finland and in America, and it's working over here as well. Yeah, it's an idea actually that originated in the United States, isn't it? And That's right. uh, the success of it there has, um, ha has, has been very good. So, I mean, where do you get the housing for from Housing First? Again, do you yeah. depend on the local authority? Is there a problem in finding the housing for the number of people you need? That's part of the challenge because most of the Housing First that we are hearing about in, in the scheme we're running is um, private rented sector. There is some social housing as well. So there's some social housing and some private rented sector. So it's a mixture of different types of tenure. We were really keen to see a lot more social housing dedicated to housing first because we know that it works. So, well, we need housing supply across the board anyway, but I think if we're looking at housing first, the more we can get in the social sector, the better. So you sort of lobby housing associations, do you, in order to try and get them involved in this? Not direct. What we do is we work with local areas and we've got um, 
housing first project team who are working and doing training in local authorities to encourage them to embed the principles because we have seven principles of housing first. I can see as we do as well after the meeting here. So we've got principles of housing first. If your scheme adheres to those principles, then you are truly doing housing first. If you if it doesn't, then you're not. So we're training the local areas to adopt the principles, set up the housing first schemes, and hopefully getting more social housing to do that. We recognise quite a lot of it is, is going to be private rented, which is fine because long as a person has a, has a space to live in that's comfortable, that's clean and safe and fit to living, then they can actually recover and, and end their homelessness for good. Okay, I mean, that sounds quite comprehensive, but I mean, obviously all of you, including the local authorities, have limited resources and you probably depend a great deal on volunteers. You said, you, mm. you, you know, Homeless Inc has volunteers, the local authority works with the voluntary sector. Mm. If there are people out there who wanted to help, who are wanted to volunteer, I mean, where would they go to? Would they go to you? Would they go to uh, yeah. Streetlink? Would they go to the local authority? Well, Streetlink do have volunteers on the phone line. So yeah, I do urge people to contact Streetlink if they want to be trained to use the phone because we always need more volunteers on, on the Streetlink phone line. So that's something I'll, I'll share with you as well. We don't have volunteers directly, but certainly people may call us and ask us how they can volunteer. So there's a range of things you can do. You can work, you can go to your local um, night shelter if you want to support people there. There are also day, day centres as well volunteers can, can support those as well so there's a range of things you can do if you want to support and I think that often people think that they want to give food or clothing that's all fine they can do that but ultimately you know a bigger picture is about changing the structure but in, in kind of on the ground ways of doing um, something to help individuals it is about kind of getting out with your local homelessness centres day centres night shelters and working with people there Streetlink also has uh, champions, don't they? And I mean, maybe that's another way people can get involved, but what is a champion? Well, that, that's an individual who is working, you know, as a volunteer, um, actually out there promoting Streetlink um, in their local area. So that's really what we would define as a champion. But if you're part of a Streetlink community, as you join, as you download the app and join the community, you become part of the, of the bigger movement there. So we um, are working with Streetlink community and they do lots of fundraising um, for, for in local areas. And we got some really good fundraising done last week through a, a Christmas concert that happened. So that was somewhere where people donated money and, and we got you know, some income from that. So there's a range of ways people can be champions, but it's really by just logging on Streetlink community as you, as you download the app, you become part of the community, and through that you can fundraise, you can do a range of things to support people through Streetlink. I mean, that's really interesting what you said, that, uh, you know, in, in tackling this problem and involving people out there who are going to engage through the app, you don't just get them to engage and then that's it, goodbye. You create a community, yeah. and having a community is a sort of new social network way of doing things. And Absolutely. That's yeah. a sort of exciting way. I mean, do you have, did you get a feeling there is a community as a result of doing this? I think there is now. When we first updated the app and put the street and community on there, people didn't want to engage. They wanted just to report someone mm -hmm. and that was it. But people are now getting used to registering and becoming part of that movement. And they will then be engaged and they will, they'll hear, they'll get our street and newsletter, which goes out every quarter. Um, that tells people what's been going on you know, how we're engaging with individuals, what we're doing to end people's homelessness. We'll talk about fundraising that's going on there as well. So um, I think being part of that movement is becoming more popular now. People understand the need to be part of it because people report someone sleeping rough through Streetlink and then 
they're always concerned they don't hear anything. So by being part of the community, you can hear as a whole, across the whole country, and London as well, now with the Street League London app, um, people are being supported and find out what sort of numbers we're working with and how across the board we're helping people end their homelessness. So having that community gives you some idea of your impact with the people yeah. who are helping and working with you, but do you have any sense of impact on the problem itself, the problem of homelessness? Through Streetlink alone or through the whole range of different ways we're trying through, to end through, it? I think, through, no, through the whole yeah. range because it's a huge problem. Yeah, well, um, the rough sleeping um, figure that is done every year, so last year's figure was 4,677. That was down by 2%, which is, you know, a, a small amount. We're happy to have some kinds of reduction. But um, I think that there's a, the challenge is that overall the numbers probably are increasing if you were to look at it globally because the street count that we do is for one one night um and there's also hidden homelessness as well so in terms of the impact on the overall number we um are happy that there was a two percent drop last year um in, in the rough sleeping figure for the counts um but we're keen to see that number going down even more because we know that there has to be a conversation about the underlying causes of homelessness until you tackle those you're not going to get the number down uh, much further that's what I was going to say. It must be very difficult to get the statistics. If you may have been successful, you may have got a reduction, but the problem of homelessness because of the structural deficiencies have gone up. So you've been successful, but homelessness has gone up. Yeah, that's the challenge we've got because we know that in some boroughs it may have gone down and other boroughs it will have gone up. So it depends on, on you know, the situation where you are. Obviously, Westminster being the biggest, you know, the biggest area in London has the highest numbers. Um, however, there are other... Manchester has an issue as well. So we know that there are parts of the country that have got particular acute problems that we're keeping an eye on those. But the challenge is, because of those structural issues, we know that the wider trend, that the overall trend is more challenging than it might appear from the annual street count. However, the street count is a method that we use to kind of capture that snapshot, which is really important to keep because that snapshot gives you that trend that you can then work with. And the government use that figure to, to, to do their mapping and thinking about how they're going to tackle homelessness going forward. Okay, well, we've sort of come to the end of our 30 minutes. So just to remind people again, if they wanted to get involved in any way, how do they make contact with you? Yes, yeah, so, so you can contact me through the Enfield Voices. I'm on the group there. So you can, you know, call me and message me through there. Um, you can tweet me on at uh, Carobe, C-A-R-O-B-E-E. Um, streetlink.org um, is our website so do look on there through there you can find social media um, you can um, follow us on social media as well and keep in touch with us and download the app because that way you join the streetlink community and you can be part of movement and homelessness through streetlink okay well if you could send me you know the details on the app and everything else do. i'll make sure that's spread widely amongst our social networks anyhow i mean that's been really interesting and you you mean you told us about your work your background you told us about street link and that sort of excited innovation that in a way is acting as a coordination or coordinating body and i think that's a really worthwhile thing to do so thank you for for doing this and telling us You're about welcome. it and telling telling us about it so eloquently it's been really really fantastic so oh, thank you thank caroline you. no thank you okay well thanks and that uh, you know we'll end this webinar interview now mm -hmm.